International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts. Hello and welcome to this special edition of You Really Shouldn't Have, in honor of International Podcast Day, a celebration recognizing all things podcast. Thanks so much for listening, I really appreciate it. I can't actually believe how global the show has already gone in the four months we've been existing. I mean, we've got listeners in the UK, the USA, France, the Netherlands, Ireland, Spain, Australia, and a host of other countries. The list goes on and on. I'm completely blown away. Now, in the spirit of International Podcast Day, there are a few things you can do to help me out before we get going. And whilst it sounds a bit sort of beggy, I don't tend to do it on any intros, so I'm going to use this opportunity to do it. The first thing, if you haven't already, is to give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BadGiftsPod. The second is if your podcast player allows you to rate and leave reviews, I'd really appreciate it if you enjoy the show, if you could do just that. It really helps us out. And the final thing is tell others. If you find people that, say, want to find a new podcast and they're not sure what to listen to and you enjoy this show, I'd really appreciate it if you could include us in your list of recommendations. Well, now that's the formalities out of the way, let's get on with the episode. And I'm joined not by one, but two guests on this special show. And first up is co-founder of International Podcast Day, Dave Lee, who dropped by to tell me all about this day's celebrations. So Dave, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Happy to uh, happy to be part of the conversation. Looking forward to it. And I wanted to sort of go back to the beginning and sort of find out your, your own podcasting background and how the idea for International Podcast Day came about. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, my, my father and I have been podcasting since 2007. Our actually first show we recorded was March 1st, 2007. And what had happened is that my father had moved away from the family for a, a work duty. And so he moved about six hours north from where we were at. And so in order to just keep in touch with the family, he he and my brother and I would hop on Skype and just chit chat once a week, just kind of go back and forth. How was your week? Da da da. Well, both my brother and my dad worked in the tech industry. And so one day as the conversation transitioned from just how are things going, we started talking about technology and sort of analyzing the industry. My dad hit record without us knowing, sent my brother and I the audio file. I was like, Hey, let's put out a podcast. These podcasts, this new thing's been out for three years. I have the technology. Let's go ahead and do it. And so that's exact, essentially how our show called The Waves of Tech was born in 2007. So it kind of came out of nothing really planned other than just sort of this spontaneous recording. Let's go ahead and put this out there, uh, out, out there in the atmosphere. So fast forward seven years later to 2014 and Steve, um, who's my father again and co-founder of International Podcast Day, was driving, I believe, to a doctor's appointment out of town. And for whatever reason, he had run out of podcasts in his, in his podcast player. So he actually turned on the radio and he heard an advertisement for something like National Senior Citizens Day. And right then a light bulb went off in his head and he's like, why don't podcasters in the podcast industry have our own day? And that was the birth of at that time in 2014, simply National Podcast Day. And it was a short six hour celebration that we conducted here in the United States. 
and seriously, James, the, the, um, the, the day after the celebration, we immediately we ran into international podcast day because we understood the power of podcasts around the world. And so since then, this will be our seventh year coming up on September 30th. We have continued to feature multiple countries and multiple podcasters from around the world and just sort of amplifying their voices, sharing their messages and getting, getting their, uh, their words out there. So that is sort of the brief summary of how I got into the podcasting industry and how international podcast day came to be. Incredible. And what can we expect from this year's program on September 30th? Well, this is great, uh, great year. We actually have 30 countries or 25 countries represented with 60 plus podcasters joining our broadcast. And we always say it's September 30th, but in order for us, since I'm based here in California, United States, in order for us to really capture the entire international feel, we actually have to start broadcasting on September 29th. <laughs> so when we start broadcasting on September 29th at 4 p.m. Pacific daylight time, it's actually morning it's September 30th in New Zealand at 10 a.m. Uh-huh. So we have to span the entire globe over really a 36 hour period. And so we're starting broadcasting on September 29th. We're going to go all the way through September 30th. But again, 25 countries, 60 different podcasters. And real briefly, I'll go down this list of countries this year. We have the United States, of course. We have Costa Rica, Malaysia, India, Kenya, Portugal, Serbia, Italy, Canada, Japan, United Kingdom, France, Zambia, Germany, Turkey, uh, Argentina, New Zealand. And then we also have a great Caribbean panel that is highlighting Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, Haiti, and the British Virgin Islands. Wow. And yeah, absolutely incredible. And again, these are a lot of independent podcasters that we reach out to that I've listened to their shows. Oh, I do want to add also that we have Saudi Arabia. We have the Dominican Republic and we also have Finland this year as well. And so uh, we're doing a combination of live streaming for 24 hours. And then we've had other podcasters send us some uh, recorded broadcast to kind of just fill the time um, for other people to consume. And so you can get some sleep as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Previously we had, Steve and I had done 33 straight hours of streaming. So I would stay up during the really morning hours and he would get up nice and early. And this year we're taking about a five hour break um, just to give ourselves a little rest and everything. But each one of those speakers from each of those different countries is going to be providing their own perspective. Uh, The individual Norman Cella from Malaysia is going to be talking about mapping out Asia's podcasting ecosystem. And we actually have a couple Uh, sessions that are going to be in Spanish this year, both from the Costa Rican podcasters and the podcasters from Argentina and Colombia. And we actually have a couple podcasters from Turkey, as I mentioned, that will also be broadcasting in their native language of Turkish. And so it's, it's a really unique dynamic experience. And it's not just for podcasters, James, it's for audio enthusiasts. It's for podcast listeners, but it is of course also designed to help out those podcasters, but you're going to hear stories about how people have become um, fans of a show per se and how they become creators uh, from, you know, like a journey essentially from a fan to being a content creator and a content producer. And we're going to have some really cool sessions. Um, Thanks to our sponsors, there's going to be a really cool three minute podcast pitch product or project for independent podcasters. 
And we're going to actually going to have the pod father himself, Adam Curry, that's going to be joining our, our, uh, one hour session. Thanks to our, our sponsor, Blueberry, which is really exciting. Nice. And so you can head over international slash schedule has the entire list of everything that's going to be, uh, be spoken about and also kind of highlight all the speakers as well. And one cool thing I will add, James, is that every year we are happy to be, uh, partnered with the, the podcast awards, which is a, a truly international podcast awards ceremony and that is going to be broadcasted on september 30th 6 p.m pacific daylight time and that's going to be a live announcement of all the winners for this year's podcast awards fantastic you mentioned the listeners there and i wondered how can the podcast listener get involved in international podcast day yeah, there is so many unique ways as both as a podcaster, but more importantly, as a listener to, to get involved. We do over at internationalpodcastday.com right on our homepage, have two nice columns. One that says get involved with International Podcast Day. Second one is benefits of being part of International Podcast Day. First, of course, use the hashtag International Podcast Day. You get to engage with other listeners. You get to engage with the podcasters that you enjoy. You can always uh, join up on some of these uh, numerous events that go around. There are maybe your your uh, podcast host is hosting a virtual meetup. Maybe they're doing a giveaway. Make sure you get involved with that. Um, you can always use, if you uh, have your own website or your own social media, you can go over to our website. We have free promotional material that you can put onto your website or your social media. And well, I think one of the biggest things uh, is that you can always share and explain what a podcast is and how to get people hooked, right? You can share it with your coworker, your friends, a teammates, um, you know, a, a housemate, whatever it may be. But I think for listeners, of course, <clears throat> one of the big things is sending love, sending feedback to your favorite podcasters, telling them thank you for all the time, the effort, the things that they do. And one thing, of course, provide a rating and review in any of your podcast apps that you're using, any of your podcast players. And, you know, I also say, if you're a listener and you're not a podcaster, it's a perfect time to become one. We have a lot of people that were audio enthusiasts and podcast uh, listeners, 100% uh, just dedicated to that, that actually have launched their podcast on International Podcast Day. And so it not only allows you to sort of get into that space to be a producer, but it also gives you a really great day to say, hey, I actually launched my podcast on International Podcast Day. So that's just a couple of ideas. If you want to also host like a listening party, you can also do that. I know like, for example, Podcast Brunch Club around the world has hundreds of chapters and they just sit around and listen to podcasts as a group. You could always start that or do something like that on your own. So there's a lot of cool, unique ways that you can get involved. Some fantastic ideas there. Absolutely. I, mean, I mentioned to you before we, we started that my podcast started in the middle of the pandemic. And I wondered if you felt there's been somewhat of a podcast boom during this global pandemic that we're currently in. Absolutely. Yeah. The numbers definitely don't lie. If you, if you follow any of the Apple stats or if you look at Spotify or anchor or any of these other, any of these other hosts, it's, it, it was a massive spike. I think Apple finally reached 1 million official podcasts within their, within their, uh, the podcast app itself. I think that's absolutely incredible. I love that people uh, upon lockdown were like, Hey, I want to be able to connect with my friends. I want to connect with a new audience. I want to start talking about my passion and what I do for work or whether I'm in entertainment, whatever it may be. But yeah, absolutely. James, there has been a massive spike 
I love to see it. My hope is that most of them continue on the path. You know, as you know, as and as most listeners do know, podcasting is a lot of work with preparation, uh-huh. social media outreach, advertisement, editing, you know, getting guests and, and recording all those things. And so I really hope all of them uh, are able to take it seriously, continue on the bandwagon of recording and releasing these podcasts. And so, yeah, I've, I for one have seen an absolute spike. And it's interesting, you can look at genres of podcasts. True crime, obviously, uh, during pandemic has true crime podcasting very much escalated. We also saw a lot of health and wellness uh, because people weren't able to congregate. People weren't able to have their usual, you know, fitness routines that health and wellness and fitness podcasts really spiked uh, during the pandemic. And a lot of new, new shows came out. So um, it's, it's really interesting when you look at genres to kind of see what has spiked and what has not really, you know, kept pace with it. But yeah, the, the pandemic has, has done wonders for the podcasting space. Now, Dave, I couldn't have you here without asking what is the worst gift you've ever received? Oh, James, I had, I've, one of those things is I, you kind of think back, you're like, what is the worst gift? Because overall I've had some pretty decent gifts given to me. And the one that really came to mind that first stuck into my mind was when I got married, we all have these marriage gifts, right? You, it's when you get married here in the United States, you register at these different stores, you tell people where to go. It's like, this is exactly what I want for my house. Yeah. So as my wife and I were unwrapping our presents, we get a, and this was odd because it was my former boss <laughs> that gave me this or my boss at the time, uh, former boss now. And I unwrap this and it's this, it, it's one of those gifts, James, where they give it to every person that gets married and oh, they I never see. ever look at a registry. They always just <laughs> give you what they want rather than something that you want. Right. <laughs> and so I unwrap it in this, this God awful, ugly, like red plate. And the reason it's got awful is because it's like, looks like this generic faded red. It's got this really bad white stenciling on it. That's something like eat, love with your love or something like that, like something really, really bad on it. And the worst part is one, it's one, one, it's completely ugly Two, that it was, didn't match anything within our house, right? This was this, this faded reddish sort of plate and our house has like dark tones and it's like woodsy and all this stuff. And so it wasn't something that we can actually use. And to date, we've never used it. <laughs> and, and it's just one of those things when you look at it, James, you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot, cannot believe that something like this was given to me when it's outdated. It's not really something my wife and I were looking for. Um, it was just one of those gifts where you kind of shake your head and be like, you just write your thank you card and say, I appreciate it, you know? Um, but my, I, if, if you uh, don't mind, I'd like to share, I talked to my wife about something that she received and um, she had actually gifted one of her friends for a Christmas present, sort of these light fixtures, like they're, uh, they're like these, these lights um, sconces that, that you can put in a hallway or a uh-huh. living room or something like that. And my wife was telling me that five months later for a housewarming gift, she was re-gifted her own present back no. to her. <laughs> <laughs> so she opened it when she got to her, to, to her new house at the time, reopened it and was like, Oh my gosh. And this was a coworker of hers. Like she, my, my wife works in, and was working in elementary school at the time. And she was within her same grade level and worked no. right next door to her. And so of course my <laughs> wife was like, I have to tell her this. And so sure enough, she went over there, shared the story. Her friend was completely mortified, uh, completely embarrassed. And so I wanted to share that because I thought her story was a lot better than uh, the the wedding gift. But I think we've all been there where you get some worse gift and you just can't get it out of your mind. And it's at least 
for my wife, a funny story to share. And for me with my former boss, fortunately, I don't have to see that person anymore. <laughs> so it's not an awkward conversation about, hey, have you ever used my dish or not? So <laughs> fantastic. If you could go right back to the beginning of your podcasting journey, Dave, and give yourself a gift to help to get where you are now, what gift would it be? Oh, what gift would I give myself in the podcasting journey? That is a that is a really interesting question to kind of look back on because when we started in 2007, the technology and the websites and every all the features that were out there were not there. Um, a lot of it was done behind the scenes as far as like having to write your RSS feed and your XML file. And so I think if I was to go back, the gift I would want was the gift of a podcast company hosting that had all the tools and all the elements to kind of help us create the best show possible, right? I had the microphone, I had the internet connection, I had those things. It was just the overall structure of the industry wasn't quite there yet to really help the independent podcaster that didn't have all the technological resource in order to make a show happen. And that's what I would have liked because I think that would have made our lives a lot easier getting into the space. So a lot of more tools and resources accessible, I think would have, would have made uh, an amazing gift for, for a new podcaster in 2007. And finally, Dave, where can people find out more about you and what you do? Yo, so you can find out more about International Podcast Day at internationalpodcastday.com. We have a links to a social media and our widgets on that page. Uh, the website for my podcast is thewavesoftech.com. But of course, you guys are always welcome to reach out to me on my personal social media accounts. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at AO. Dave Lee. Again, that's AO Dave Lee. Um, happy to follow you. Happy to conversate and assist anybody that's out there. So those, those are the best ways of getting in touch with us. Well, that's great. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today on our special International Podcast Day episode. Yeah. Thank you so much, James. Now, a question I get asked a lot is, where do you get all your guests from? And the truth is, it's from a variety of places. Some are people I know, and I'm fortunate enough to have forged some relationships with a number of publicists who do a great job in getting guests into the show. But one place I used from the very start is a website called matchmaker.fm. Now, on the face of it, I agree, it sounds a bit like a dating site, and trust me, I had to convince my girlfriend it wasn't when she started to see notifications popping up on my phone saying, you got a new message from Matchmaker. But actually, it's a great network for podcasters and guests alike to connect with each other and uh, find a place on each other's show. So with that in mind, I caught up with podcaster, broadcast entrepreneur, and founder of Matchmaker.fm, James Mulvaney, to find out more. James, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really great to have you on. Thanks very much for having me, James. Now, you started off in business at quite a young age. Did you always have the entrepreneurial flair growing up? Yeah, it was something that kind of started for me as soon as I left school. Interesting fact is I've never had a, actually a job working for anyone. So oh, wow. um, from the get-go, I was hustling online. I got a PayPal account on my 16th birthday because I think you had to be 16 at the time to get one. <laughs> And I just kind of set about seeing how I could make some money. And initially, I started designing logos and uh, websites for people. I also had a website which sold those uh, custom design services, those annoying little animated banners. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was, that was literally <laughs> what I did when I was sort of 16, 17. Um, then I got interested in radio. 
and uh, ended up kind of going into that industry for a little bit. Um, and from that, I then sort of set up my first proper business, if you like, which was um, called Wave Streaming, which was a streaming provider for the, for the broadcast industry. What prompted the decision to set up uh, Radio.co, which I know was your first company within the radio broadcasting space? Well, before that, I had a business called Wave Streaming, um, but Radio.co really came around as an evolution of that because we were getting more and more people who were signing up to our services who kind of weren't what you'd imagine to be traditional radio stations. So it was like DJs, musicians, people broadcasting from home. Uh, also lots of brands who are interested in using the medium as, as a way of communicating with their audiences. So we wanted to kind of create a simple to use platform. Um, previously, a lot of software, if you want to start a radio station, it was very expensive. You needed a lot of equipment. And then also the software was kind of very old school and quite hard to use. Um, so the, the premise of radio.co is just something that was simple, ran from the cloud. So you didn't have to run your computer overnight or anything like that. Um, and was just really just as simple as, as setting up a Facebook account, for example. I know you then went on to create uh, podcast.co. Was that always yep. in the plan from the conception of radio.co or did that idea sort of come later down the line? No, interestingly enough, I started um, a similar venture probably about 10 years before. So probably like 2009, I was looking at the podcasting market thinking this is an interesting opportunity for us. Um, it didn't really go anywhere. So in the end, kind of just uh, threw, threw the towel in and, and kind of carried on with the radio stuff. But then probably about five years ago, uh, you know, we noticed that more and more clients were using podcasting uh, for their radio stations. And also not just that, but there was a wider interest in the the idea of podcasts. You know, lots of companies now turning to the medium for marketing reasons. Lots of individuals looking to get involved, start their own podcasts, celebrities jumping on the bandwagon as well. Uh, so it just seemed, feel like, felt like a kind of an interesting space to go into. Um, so, yeah, we, we started working on podcast.co probably about two, three years ago now, uh, and we launched about a year ago. Now, your most recent expansion to the radio platforms is matchmaker.fm, which is actually where, where we met. Yes, that's it, right. It's a fantastic platform. It, it, you've described it as Tinder for podcasters, which I think is, is <laughs> yeah. a great analogy. So how did the idea to create that network come about? Well, I mean, most podcasts, about 60% are actually based on interviews and having people on as guests. Um, so it seemed like a logical step to kind of have some kind of matchmaking service. There were a couple out there. They weren't great. Um, also, I've been involved in lots of podcasts. I've had guests, both guests on myself and also been on lots of podcasts as a guest. And one of the common sort of traits were people saying, you know, it's quite difficult sometimes, especially if you're going to commit to saying doing an episode every single week. Well, that's 52 guests a year. And it's quite difficult to, to sort of schedule and um, find them. And also, you know, make sure that you've got a constant stream of new people because sometimes you get like last minute cancellations. So if someone cancels on you two days before you're supposed to record, how do you get someone in quickly to replace them? Sure. Um, and so what we did to begin with was we ran a simple test. So we had obviously set podcast.co up. This was probably about this time last year. So like June 2019. We create two, created two pages and we initially just saw these really as marketing funnels. We thought, well, you know, we could probably convert these sort of people into customers. One was basically saying, you know, are you looking for guests for your podcast? We can hook you up with some interesting people. And the other was saying, you know, do you want to be a guest on more podcasts? And we were quite surprised at number one, the number of replies we were getting to these sort of two funnels, if you like. So we basically had Google forms asking the person, you know, what sort of podcast do you want to get featured on? You know, which are your areas of expertise and so on and so forth. And people were actually completing these forms, you know, to some length and, and filling out like effectively what was a profile. Um, 
and this really validated the idea and made it made it kind of clear that actually we should spend a bit of time investing in actually creating this service because obviously before you go and build a platform which does take some time to do you need to make sure there's actually a demand for it so that's kind of how matchmaker was born um it's been really really popular we've just hit 5000 users uh, yesterday actually oh wow congratulations so, uh, we launched in the middle of Feb, so it's, it's growing really quickly and, and it's not, not, not sure of slowing down at all. So we're just kind of picking up the pace more and more each week, which is great. In terms of the group of platforms you've got, what are your plans and aspirations moving forward? Well, I mean, I think Matchmaker is really exciting at the moment just because it's grown so quickly. I've never launched a product before where we've had this little friction. I mean, obviously, it's a completely free service. Um, so we'll likely move to more of a freemium model as we progress. Um, right now, we're kind of working on various different features for it. So one of the things which is hopefully going to be ready, I think, um, next week, maybe, is uh, video uh, integration. So basically, you know, it will just give that extra layer of dynamicness to people's profiles. So they can record like a video pitch um, and also maybe add that into the chat feature as well. Because ultimately, you know, you want to see what your guests look and sound like. Because um, if you're going to have them on your podcast, it's part of the uh, part of the fun, isn't it? So Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, that's going to kind of make it a bit more engaging for people. And also, you know, just continuing to refine it, add more features, just make it more of a usable experience. And I think we've one one bit of feedback we've had a lot from people already is it's really super simple to use and the user experience is very good overall. So we're kind of conscious that we don't want to interrupt that kind of workflow too much for people. Um, but yeah, th there's so much other things we could do moving forward, you know, looking at sort of the, the bigger picture, potentially introducing, connecting sponsors with podcasters. Uh, we could open up to more kind of influencer markets of people who are on Instagram and other platforms, not just limiting to podcasting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a proper exciting business, I think, Matchmaker. I can certainly echo that. It's a very simple and easy product to use. I've really enjoyed using it myself. What lessons have you learned along the way that you maybe then make sure doesn't happen the next time you set the new product up? Well, you know, as with most entrepreneurs, I've had some big successes and I've had some failures as well. Um, you know, I think you've always got to be trying new things. Sometimes you can try too many things at once. Obviously, right now I'm managing three different companies or, or three different websites, radio.co, podcast.co, matchmaker. I think for now that's enough for me. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of went through a phase back when I was at university about sort of 10 years ago where I would literally be registering new domain names every week for different ideas. And I think as an entrepreneur, that can be quite dangerous because you kind of going, end up going off on all these kind of different tangents yeah. rather than focusing on one thing that seems to be working. And at that stage, it was, you know, in the early days of my business, things were starting to work. So I kind of regret actually not focusing on that one thing because I was too sort of obsessed with thinking, you oh, know, I could do that and I could do that. And, you know, I think sometimes you just got to sort of refine it and just focus on what you know is actually working. Also, sometimes perseverance. Um, sometimes you have successes that happen pretty quickly. Other times you have to stick at things for a certain amount of time. With podcast.co, for example, we're still growing as a business. It's still relatively new. It's only a year in. Um, but, you know, you've got to really persist and make sure that once you commit to launching something, you know, you then follow it up and you've got to then start putting the hard work in. You know, sometimes actually it feels like a lot of hard work just bringing a product to market, especially if you're building a big platform, um, you know, because that development process is quite involved. But really, that's just the beginning. The real work starts the day you actually launch that service. I hear you've got some bad gifts for me. Yes, I do. <laughs> right. So uh, I've got three different bad gifts and one, one I actually have been given two of. Uh, so, so the first gift I've got written down here, which was 
completely bizarre was these Bluetooth speakers that had like inside there was a sort of clear they were made out of pers- perspex inside they had like color changing leds at the bottom and it's like dancing fountains that <laughs> they kind of moved in time with the music um which was great they looked pretty they looked particularly awful but they didn't sound great either so oh. <laughs> they just went straight in the bin to be honest with you but uh yeah that was a bit of an interesting one secondly uh this is something that's been sat in my kitchen cupboard for years i've never used it it's some kind of grill I don't quite remember the term, but it's basically when you kind of slice meats really thinly and cook them on like a sort of stone slab. I think it might be like originating in Sweden or Germany or something. Okay. Um, that was literally, I don't think I've ever even switched it on. <laughs> um, finally, Lazy Susans. I've got been given two of these over the past few years. Both are sat in the kitchen cupboards. <laughs> one has got these kind of compartments so you can put your different dips in them or whatever. Oh, nice. Uh, and one is just, you know, just a plain wood lazy susan which rotates <laughs> neither of them have i ever felt compelled to use whatsoever wrapping up then james if you had to go right back to the beginning of your business career and buy yourself yep. a gift to help to get where you are now what gift would it be i think um i'd just get myself like a voucher to buy loads of books certainly in the early days i read quite a few books um and they were really useful and kind of inspirational as well so i think you know, knowledge is is useful, especially when you're starting out. You can learn as much as you can, especially when you're younger as well. You're like a sponge. So I think a good quality, you know, hefty voucher to buy lots of books. And finally, where can people find out more about you and what you do? Absolutely. So um, you can obviously hit up our websites, podcast.co, radio.co and matchmaker.fm. And if you're interested in connecting with me directly on social media, uh, it's jamesm.com slash connect. There's links to various profiles on there. I'm always putting out content on YouTube and LinkedIn and so on and so forth. Fantastic. Well, James, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Great to have you on. Cheers, James. Well, that's going to just about do it for this special International Podcast Day episode. Thanks again to Dave Lee and James Mulvaney for joining me. And of course, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. You can find us on social media, like I said at the beginning, on Twitter and Instagram at BadGiftsPod, and also the website, which is BadGiftsPod.com. New episodes released every Monday. Make sure you hit subscribe on your chosen podcast player to make sure you don't miss another episode. I've been James Warwick. Until next time, have a great International Podcast Day. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts.